sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of the early line right here on a Thursday as we kick off week nine of the NFL season, okay? And that's what we're going to be focusing on here in hour number two of the early line. Dane Martinez and the candle burner, Kevin Walsh. And, Kev, it's unfortunate, but I think the place we have to start our NFL coverage and analysis and takeaways right now has to do with COVID. Uh, Tonight. We have a game, and we'll talk about it from an X's and O's standpoint a little bit later on, the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. But the 49ers have now been heavily compromised via COVID. We heard yesterday that Kendrick Bourne, the wide receiver, who quite frankly was one of my diamonds in the rough, Kev, this week, right, because of the role he was going to play. He was on put on the COVID list. Then we found out hours later that, uh, you know, Hall of Fame left tackle Trent Williams, the wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, who played such a big role uh, for them on Sunday in that role of Debo Samuel and Debo Samuel himself are now on the COVID list. This sounds like a little bit, you know, this sounds like three, four. We could be in outbreak territory. The San Francisco 49ers have shut their facility. They're doing the remote thing. But here's the thing, Kev. They ain't got days to play with. They ain't got time. Thursday night football, as of this moment, is still on. And the 49ers are dealing with this COVID uh, issue. And they shut their facility down. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that they're just going still full steam ahead. Because in other weeks, we've seen, you know, hey, let's push it back to Tuesday. Hey, let's see. They try to give themselves the wiggle room. Here, mm. without the wiggle room, they're just plowing forward, Kev. So there's a couple of things here. I do think yeah. it's important to note. I don't necessarily think we're looking at outbreaks. Maybe not. What the N- what the NFL is doing right now in this situation where you had AJ Dillon sure. and Kendrick Bourne is they said anybody around said them, them the close you're out. Home. It doesn't matter. We saw that with you're the Raiders O line. We saw that with the Giants mm-hmm. O line as well. Right. And that's why they're doing all this contract, uh, contact tracing and things of that nature. That way they can tell who would have been around. But the timing now, window is still different here. This is the thing, though. Ultimately, this is very eye-opening about the NFL's approach when not only they lose their wiggle room, Dane, okay? Because the Packers, having already had their bye week, I do think matters here. Yeah. But also their primetime games. We've already lost Thursday Night Football once. I try to lose Thursday Night Football again. Okay? And ultimately, this game was Sunday. We're having a different conversation. Okay? Yeah. Ah, maybe we'll play Tuesday. Maybe we'll play Tuesday. Well, we're certainly going to, you know, give these teams some time to see if but Kev, their entire wide receiver room is going to come back. Well, we around. have seen, Kev, remember, they moved Seattle, Arizona to Sunday Night Football. Right? Yeah. To preserve that the primetime network game right. happens and to allow the teams that actually needed days to figure it out. Sure. Time. Why couldn't that have happened? Why couldn't they have, oh, I mean, say, Baltimore Indy to, to you know, uh, th- Thursday, a good game? I mean, you you, to, uh, you know wow. the answer, though. They can't move a game to Thursday. That's not a thing. You know that. 
and that's why that yeah, this that's why this is happening. Travel and all that stuff, it would you upset the apple cart yeah. far too. You much. can't just randomly tell teams they're playing on Thursday. That's the thing here. It's boom or bust. Where like there's either Thursday night football or there's not Thursday night football, right. and they're not having no Thursday night football. And I think the fact that the Packers had to buy in their minds, like, listen, we're playing this game this week. I'll tell you that right now. So, you know what? I don't know if any of those guys would be ready to come back around. They're out. Yeah. You're playing. Yeah, that's interesting. As we welcome back our radio audience from around the country, thanks for getting up early with us and getting on the grid right here on the early line. But here's the also, here's the other part, Kev. Like, there's still going to be test results today. Right. And and some and we don't know just yet how those are going to come out for San Francisco. We'll say as of now, we definitely are still playing Thursday night football. We'll talk about it a little bit more later in the show. Go ahead. You got one more thing because we got other yeah. COVID things to discuss. as well. I, I, and I know that. But I do also think and I know we're going to break the game down. OK. Yeah. But there is also something to be said about the NFL and their level of concern over competitive balance. What they've yeah. done here in this game is really, you know, cut two mm-hmm. of these teams off in a very difficult way. Now, the Niners already had a litany of injuries that was going to make things difficult for them. But you've pulled away their entire wide receiver room and a starting left tackle. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's more important than a running back room. The running backs, but still, they've pulled a running back room away from Green Bay. Now, you might tell yourself, if you give these teams their full complement of players, COVID-related, this is the Packers easy. It's fine. The spread was two and a half. We don't know that. We don't know that. And this is a four and four San Francisco 49ers team who is the defending NFC champions mm-hmm. that are right now in danger of dropping below 500, dead last in their division, and having their season completely ruined. And think about what this might mean for a team like the Bears who say, wow, so the Packers sure. got to play. And I, I used this line last night. I'll use it again. The San Francisco 39ers. Like, are you kidding? Like, that's not fair that they were able to play a team in that vein. And you know what? The same might be true conversely on the other side, though, about how the Packers are out there without a running back room. So I think there is something to be said about the NFL's priorities. Again, we yeah, probably already always knew what they were, but clearly they don't want Week 18. Right. Need to protect their primetime games, and they don't give a damn about competitive balance in the regular season. Yep, no, I think that's true. Remember, like the Patriots had to go at it without Cam Newton already yeah. one week, right? And so, and it's inconsistent, you know. So, unfortunately, some teams will have a gripe, and other teams, I, I think that's true. That's why I've always been like, what's the damn policy, and do they have the zones to implement it, regardless of the team, regardless of the players? in uh in question when we come back on the other side there are more teams more players that have covid related issues regular injuries as well we'll talk about it all when we come back hello i'm Doc. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line. Dane and Kevin looking at week nine. And there's a lot of week nine, Kev, that's still up in the air because of COVID here in 2020. We've talked about the 49ers and the Packers game that is still scheduled for tonight. But San Francisco is not the only team that is dealing with this. The Houston Texans had a player test positive yesterday. And in response today, they are shutting down their facility to, you know, go through all the close contacts, all the testing the abundance of caution as you have said kev this is now the new mo right for the nfl when they test when someone tests positive or there's an issue they you know go remote for the day or they send everybody who's home or close contact home so they can wrap their head around it and it seems like that's what the houston texans are doing today yeah and i do think that that is good that they shut everything down they don't, you know that is the one thing i will say they don't really pull punches with that kind of midweek stuff right. if it's not teams playing on Thursday. Uh, they send everybody home and, and, and they try and figure it out from there. Here's the thing with the Texans, though. They had positives last week and shut their facility down. They were on a bye, so we didn't talk about it. Right. So The Cardinals had positives last week on their bye also. Right. But here's why the Texans now... Okay, so that's now back-to-back weeks. I don't know if we've had a team back-to-back weeks have to close the facility down, Dane. And that's a little... Concerning? Again, I don't want to be dramatic. It's one player. Might not affect anybody else. But back-to-back weeks, yeah. what's that about? I, I just think it's, I think it's very, very interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, and we don't have to go into it all, but, I mean, the United States did set a record yesterday. It was the first day where there was over 100,000 new cases in one day. Yeah. I mean, like, this is going to keep happening, even if it is the one-off things and having to go through this part of the protocol, you know, and I do think, Kev, in the more recent weeks, we're seeing more teams, more players, you know, and it may not be because of what happens inside the building, right? But when these people go home, it's out there, and and, and uh, I do believe we're going to see more and more. One player also that is a high-leverage player, maybe the biggest in the NFL so far outside of Cam Newton, is uh, Detroit Lions quarterback. Matthew Stafford has yeah. been put on the COVID list by the Detroit Lions. We're hearing it may not be because he tested positive, but because he was a very close contact with someone high risk. Anybody who knows about Matt Stafford knows about the health situations of his wife as well. I don't know what the close contact was, but I do know about the risk in the Stafford household. What do you think about this one? Because this is now, you know, Kev, this is not a wide receiver room or an offensive lineman, right? This is a big name quarterback. What do you think? How do you think the story goes here with Stafford and the Lions? Yeah, uh, you know, you you look through the situation. It was a non-team member who he was in contact with. Right. Uh, pending five straight days of negative tests, he would be eligible to play on Sunday. So realistically, that is what we're going to be doing now. We're going to be waiting uh, right. to seeing how that develops. I will say Sunday, he could be up. What do you, you know, again, what do you do with the game, right? The Chiefs ended up laying 13 or so, 12 or 13 to that Patriots team uh, in that game without Cam. So the Vikings are traveling to Detroit this week, I believe, if I have that correct. Yes. Right? I I mean, over a touchdown, right? In Detroit? It's a lot. That's a lot, or it's in Minnesota actually, so it's going to be well. It's over in Minnesota, a I believe. 
Yeah, it's going to be well over a touchdown. So this was a spread that was initially four. We're going to come back around and find ourselves laying eight, nine, yeah. ten. I don't know. I don't know. I and, tell and, you. Yeah. I don't see this Detroit bo- game on the board anymore. Oh, it's not on the board. Oh, it's on the board. Well, it's ironic that Thursday night football is still on the board. The Houston Texans they, they are still plan on, the on playing Thursday. The Houston they Texans are still on the Thursday. board. But, well, yeah. technically, they plan on Stafford playing, right? If he clears, they're talking about his path to playing, but it's such well, an unknown. Can't. Yeah. It's like as if they he was can't post that. It's like as if he was doubtful, right? Or like he had a concussion and he would still have to clear the protocol in essence. Yeah. It's just a different kind of protocol. That's all it is, but right. it's so up in the air. Uh that Lions game is now off the board. Yeah, and I mean again, because with concussion stuff, you can talk to Dr. David Chow, right? Mm-hmm. And we can get an idea. With this, it's we have no idea. It's gonna be five days of testing. And ultimately, this is a I mean, Matt Stafford is basically a teaser in terms of a batting perspective. Like you can't set, you can't put a line out there until Sunday. There's no is reason. It, is it still David Blau? Wasn't it Blau Blau last year? That was the backup uh, quarterback. I wonder yeah. if it is still Blau or if they had made some other moves. They um, it, it is still Blau, or actually, it's Chase Daniel. That's right. They signed this off season. Oh, yeah. Um, all in universe. I, I like. I don't know how a guy like Chase Daniel's real. How do you stick around that long as a backup? I know his bank account is real, How do you stick around that long as a backup? I'll tell you how. Without ever doing anything. I mean, look, I know, I know, I know. But, like, there are even other guys that would No, no, no. I'm not going to say what I think you thought I was going to say. The way you know is, like, you're a really good X's and O's guy. You're really good on the on the whiteboard. You're really good understanding of schemes. That's how you stay around because then it's like, oh, if we need to go to you, you can implement the full playbook still. You have to be more of the mental guy. That's how you hang around. You're a good mental brain quarterback and you're a good locker room quarterback. You become, like, yeah. the guy for one of those coaches who is, you know, in the carousel. That's how you become a good person in the locker room and really good on the whiteboard i guess i i don't know i just feel like that's i just i wonder if part of that is almost going to start to get phased out a little bit though again we've talked about some of these teams are trying to value mm-hmm. the backup quarterback position yeah because again like the lions again they're, they're they're hopeless without stafford right back there plus kenny g is going to be missing the game as well that's right you know you talk about it from a a fantasy perspective a props perspective look at what happened with the cowboys now again we will not see another quarterback as bad as Ben DiNucci start a game. Well, then again, the Cowboys are starting a guy named Garrett Gilbert. So outside of the quarterbacks that Dallas will start this year, we won't see another quarterback outside of, you know, as bad as Ben DiNucci. Chase Daniel and Nick Mullins will run circles around that performance. Oh, yeah. But plummeted the value of everybody on that team. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marvin Jones as a waiver wire diamond. We were excited to see the ascension of someone like Swift, you know, in the second half of the season, but not if he got the backup pulling the strings, right? That is definitely an issue. You know, real quick also, though, Kev, as we move on from the COVID, uh, we didn't get a chance to debrief the uh, womp womp that was the trading deadline in the NFL. Um, You know, why do you, I guess my question is, why do you think that is? Why do you think? Is it because there's more teams in contention? 
Is it because of COVID related mm. protocols? Is it because of like, I'm going to suggest we don't know what the salary cap is going to be. So the finances yeah. are still up in the air and maybe you don't want to take, you know, a gamble on someone whose contract you can't fit moving forward. What do you think was the reason that, uh, you know, I guess there were a couple moves, DeAndre Washington, Isaiah Ford, but none of the big things that we thought, none of the like the Will Fullers or anything like that. Yeah, we saw the Packers apparently were never able to come to terms with um, with the Texans on Will Fuller. I, I think the salary cap is very likely the big thing there. Difficult to make a move when you don't know what's going to happen to the cap. You don't want to be short-sighted, of course. Um, I don't think COVID protocols matter because, again, you just you clear the protocols, right? It, it is what yeah. it is type of deal um so i think the salary cap probably uh, a lot but yeah also right again maybe more of a buyer's market than a seller's market you know more teams looking than teams trying to shop yeah like did the Bengals really want to get rid of aj green on the playoff picture we have a lot of teams in there that are still and maybe we'll have to talk about this on the other side of break i don't think we've talked about this just like major league baseball expanded their playoffs in the middle of the season. Just like the NBA decided to have a new playoff format, yeah. just like the MLS decided to have a new playoff format, Yeah, maybe even more teams see themselves competitive because there's the potential for eight, not seven, in each conference. You know, that's something we got to talk about as well, Kev. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> there's the make playoff market is still available. I know. I, I know. mean – you want to take a shot at that Joe, Joe Pia, who was in for you yesterday was willing to take some swings with even teams like the Vikings and the Washington football team uh, because of this expanding market. If we get to eight, you know, I mean, that is going to be interesting when we come back on the other side of the break after the news update. Maybe we should talk about all of this a little bit more. Right. The moving playoff picture, the idea of the trade deadline being going out without a whimper. And then also, as we look to week nine. We got injuries to discuss. A couple people coming back and a couple people, I think, in more of a tanking move, not playing in week nine. We'll talk about that after the news update. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and my main man, the candle burner, Kevin Walsh. And we were looking at, you know, kind of this time in the NFL, you know, with the trade deadline having come and gone, right? There's now talk as teams start to make their final push for the playoffs, Kev. There's word that we may expand to 8-8. Eight and eight. And they said, Kev, I, this is interesting. The rationale was interesting to me, that they said they may expand if – COVID prevents presented uh, cancellation of other regular season games, right? Like almost like their answer would not be to move it to eight week 18 would be to, okay, let's just lower the bar for teams to get in because uh, it may complicate the winning percentage competitive balance. So instead of implementing the week 18, we'll just let one more team from each conference into the dance. I find that rationale pretty interesting because if COVID is such an issue that it's forcing cancellations, sure. Let's just add more games to the playoffs. I don't know how that really works, as if there won't be tiebreaker scenarios that wouldn't still be a mess. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it would fix anything. And honestly, all it does is make me think about what the heck we're going to do when the playoffs come around. Honestly, what are we going to do? Because 
Can't really be canceling playoff games, can we? Right? I mean, I know they don't Push want a bubble. Tuesday, I guess. I know a bubble's hard. I get it. I get it. You sure? You sure this is the route you want to go? Sure. And I'm here's not the other sure thing: the route they should go. Will we have forfeits in the NFL playoffs this year? No, we will not have forfeits. No matter what, we will not have forfeits. But here's the thing, right? So the Steelers right now. If you're holding a Steelers yeah. futures ticket, you're like, man, this is huge. They're the playoffs are going to go through Hines, and they're going to have the only buy. I got to win a game, and I'm in the AFC title game. And then what happens? What well, what happens when not only are you playing on week one, but there's no home field advantage? What happens then when everyone's in a bubble? I, I mean, but how do you even figure out an NFL bubble, right? Yeah, I mean, I where are you going to play the games? Like, you're going to take the AFC to Philly and the NFC to Pittsburgh? I mean, what are we actually yeah, going to do? I don't know. My point, it. though, is every all of the futures market capping, basically then all you should just be betting on is if you think a team's going to make the postseason. And don't right. try and almost add this extra sauce of, mm-hmm. I got a bye week, or my ma- this is my matchup. Like, right. don't do that. Right, because that's where it becomes tricky. Even for my Eagles, at the end of the day, a part of my hopes are that we would host the first round playoff game. And before all of a sudden not doing that, I mean, goodness me, save me the time. Sure, no, I hear you. I was saying on yesterday's show, if they go to eight in each conference, I actually think the main beneficiary is not that eighth team that slides in at nine and seven or eight and eight. I think the biggest benefit goes to the two seed, Kev. Goes to the two seed, where now the one seed will not have the bye, will not have the rest disparity, right? Everyone will be on an even playing field having to win three games to get to the Super Bowl. And for me, the number two seed, knowing that the number one seed would have to go through the same gauntlet, would be a little bit of an added benefit. We were talking about the trade deadline as well, Kev, and while that came and gone with names like DeAndre Washington and Isaiah Ford and Desmond King being the next. Yeah, sure, for now, until they fall to two and seven. But we'll see about that. Could they lose to the Jets on Monday? We got plenty of time to talk about that. But ironically... There's another phase, right, like in the transactions of it all, because some of these guys did not get moved. But then you saw a flurry of cuts for veterans in the NFL, to name a few. Uh, Vic Beasley got cut. Dante Pettis, Jonathan Joseph. These are all guys that kind of got, you know, uh, thrown to the side. And, and, and at least one has already been signed. Dante Pettis has already been signed by the New York football giants. And when I see a name like Vic Beasley now out there, right, I think that's interesting. Maybe some teams that didn't want to trade for Ryan Kerrigan or trade for an Olivier Vernon or any kind of other pass rusher now could get a guy like a Vic Beasley off the street. Maybe the Seattle Seahawks, maybe the Arizona Cardinals to replace a Chandler Jones. There could be interested teams. And it reminds me, Kev, of like in the NBA where you're so close, you know, guys getting bought out and then signing with contenders a mere 48 hours later. I saw that with Pettis. He doesn't necessarily move the needle, but a guy like Vic Beasley could help a pass rush, right? I mean, maybe. I don't know. There's a reason why this guy's available. The reason why he didn't stick around in Atlanta. mostly contractual, though. They don't want to pay him the money. I don't think he's lived up to what he was supposed to be. That's fair. Ultimately, and I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think. So we had a conversation about Antonio Brown once, you and I, about 
where he lands, how much does it shift the futures market, right? Mm. And we saw it landed in Tampa Bay, and they went to the favorite in the NFC. Vic Beasley doesn't like the futures market. Won't not. even know. No, you know what I'm trying to say, though. He wouldn't. Move, he wouldn't move a point spread, a touch, like none sure. of it. So ultimately, I think honestly, of all of it, I think the. I don't know if it's funny. It's probably a bad word to use, but like the fact that Dante Pettis got released and now the Niners are without any wide receivers right. is quite wild. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. That is true. Remember, also, at this point of the week, we now also have practice reports and injury reports from our teams who are getting practicing. So let's put that up now and we see kind of who is banged up. Remember, I'll say it like I say every week. This is off the Wednesday practice reports. We are getting now. Uh, in the time of the season where veterans are going to have their reps managed, right? They may sit out one day of the week. It may not matter. There are guys, what you want to see is the trend, if they are moving in the right direction. So guys that were DNP, moving to limited, moving to full, you never like to see kind of the midweek downgrade for any of these guys. But I do want to talk about guys that are already out. Kenny Galladay in Detroit, already out. We now know about Stafford as well. So that Detroit Lions offense could be compromised or you may want to ride guys like tj hawkinson marvin jones deandre swift who will still be available talk to me though um you know we heard in the update that jake lufton is going to be the quarterback and is not going to have any handcuffs on him he's going to be able to be aggressive downfield talk to me about gardner Minshew because dr chow who we have on this network kev he says that listen he's had enough time to recover from the thumb injury he thinks this is not medical but more coach's decision and i think it's the front office going doubling down on trying to tank for trevor you know they thought that Minshew might get him there but now the jets and the giants are even worse and they're like, oh, we got to bring in even a worse quarterback if we're going to go and get Fields of Lawrence. I mean, I get it, but like, again, they've lost six in a row. Yeah. It's not like Garner's been playing great. I think he they're if any, quarterback. No, he is. But ultimately, I think more of it just there's no reason, again, to be risking anything. Is he 100%? So you think this is health? Like I think they're just so. being cautious with him because they don't want him to re-aggravate his injury? I, I think so. Here's the one thing, though. If you look at their schedule, now, excuse me while I go through the entire Jag schedule, but there's a reason why I'm going to. <laughs> go okay? So this week He's they host Houston. Okay? Mm-hmm. Outside of that, at Green Bay, home nope. versus the Steelers, home nope. versus the Browns, at nope. Minnesota, home <laughs> versus the Titans, nope. at Baltimore. Home nope. versus Chicago at Indy. Nope. Nope. So realistically, I think I said eh, with, like twice. <laughs> with yeah, one of them and one of them was the Bears, of course. You know I me. cannot believe you sometimes. <laughs> but realistically, the gap between winnable games this week compared to literally at, the next closest is at Minnesota. It's a road game. That's the next closest one. Okay. Right. That's not good. That's not good. This team legitimately could lose out. And I will say, of a combination of abundance of caution and saying, oh, yeah, this is the one to lose, right. is very, very live. I think we'll okay. see Gardner again this year. 
Interesting. All right. So it could be kind of an all of the above and a scheduling spot that is convenient to push it a little bit further. If we go back to the injury board, though, there is a player who we expect to come on back this week. And that player was probably the number one draft pick in your fantasy league. And that's Christian McCaffrey. They expect him back. They play the Kansas City Chiefs this week. And by the way, Kev, Chiefs-Panthers was one of our watch-for-the-hook games yesterday. Mm. I believe it was 10-and-a-half was that spread. Talk to me about what you think Carolina looks like with the return of McCaffrey. I don't think they danger winning, beating the Chiefs per se, but what does this mean for prop bets? What does this mean for Mike Davis fantasy managers? I have been making the point that I believe Mike Davis will still have a role with this team. The problem, in my opinion, is going to be Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel started to rise, if you remember, started to even get rushing attempts. You could put that to bed with the return of CMC. What do you think this means for the Panthers? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, li- I mean, here's the thing. Here's the problem. Was Mike Davis playing at a level where we would be like, oh, that team missed CMC? No. Was he? Not at all. So it feels disrespectful to say the same. And I think this is the thing. Honestly, why would the Curtis Samuel reps go away? Those are a little bit more tricky. Those are a little bit more unpredictable. I'd keep those in. The Mike Davis reps can get the step in. At the end of the day, McCaffrey is the better back. So that's kind of the thing that's really difficult to tell. And here's the thing. With the book, does the book... Drop some things because they expect MD to stick around. I'd be very interested to see the Davis props. Is it business as usual? Here's the other thing. The McCaffrey props are going to be pretty low anyway. There's the one thing the book did last week with the Chiefs. This assumption that they're up the whole time. They assume game script. McCaffrey's rush yards are going to be low. Give Give yourself a shot here. I like the Panthers actually catching 10 and a hook, by the way. Interesting, and we'll see what these prop bets are rushing and receiving for these guys and what Davis's role is. When we come back, we talk a few more injuries going into Week 9, and then we turn our attention to the start of Week 9 tonight. Packers and Niners, we think. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back right here to the early line. Putting the fun and functional sports content. We're talking off air about which show here on SportsGrid would be able to put forth the best kind of like intramural athletic team. And I got to tell you now, I'm riding with the early line. I'm speeds for goodness sakes. And we got my man, the candle burner and behind the scenes. Let's go. We got to figure this out. If you're listening in the chat room or seeing us on Twitter, let us know. Maybe, Kev, we should put up a poll. Right? Uh, for the best show team and how we would go through like the decathlon together. But oh I think it would be a very interesting combo to be contending with. However, it's also good that you would not be on the injured list like a couple of days ago, but we got you going. You're back from counting all the votes in Michigan, and here you are back. <laughs> and so we look more to week nine and the injury report. You know, we continue 
Kev, to uh, now look at these guys that didn't practice but may trend in the right way, right? Like T.Y. Hilton, Calvin Ridley, Philip Lindsay, even the kid Boza for these Chargers who continue to be eviscerated. What are some of the names on this list that you're intrigued by? I want to ask you about one name specifically. Um, and anybody who watches the early line will know that Kevin had a strong opinion on this player um, after week eight. And I want to ask you about Jonathan Taylor, Kevin. Who uh, was terrible in practice because you said the kid was done. You called yeah. him a bust. You said mm-hmm. uh, it's an insult to Trent Richardson. Uh, and what Correct. do you know? He was dealing. He's dealing with a little bit of an ankle issue, Kev. Uh, yeah. So does that change your perspective at all on the reason that Jonathan Wilkins got the load that he did on Sunday? I mean, look, it, it maybe gives him a bit of wiggle room, but. Uh, <laughs> Nah, nah, still stunned. He's done. He okay. came off the bye. I'm trying and to give you an like, out. You're not even you know, good. I'm trying to give you an out. Oh, I don't want an out. He's not good. He's not good. He's been bad. Like Dane, has he delivered at all this year? I mean, like honestly, what what's the what's the the big Jonathan Taylor game? Like, it's not there. It's not. So. Remember, like, the best offensive Like, and I'm not doing it because I know you, but you were on it because you were, like, the best I offensive was. line. Like, I what was. was the best running back game we've seen this past week from Jordan Wilkins? Come on, this guy. It's, it's I'm not, listen, I, I know, listen, Steve, the graphic guy, he, 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 he does a great job, but he doesn't like extra yeah. work. We're giving him extra work by him by putting, you know, third running backs on depth charts on updated injury boards, <laughs> right? I mean, come on, this guy, listen, I'm, I'm done. I'm All done right. with Jonathan Taylor until further notice. Until right, he week, rushes week for 100 yards, done. Week two, 26 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown against Minnesota. That's the answer. Mm. So, yeah, uh, good game. Yeah. And then in the other games, Minnesota. you know, I mean, he just wasn't getting a ton of carries because they're splitting it, right? Like 12 carries for 60 yards against Cincy, 12 carries, 57, and a touchdown. I'm not saying, like, he's great, uh, but I'm saying it's – I don't know that I would go so far as to completely forget about him and then think that Wilkins is going to be the lead back moving forward. One other name we do have to talk about, though, we expect to see the return of Michael Thomas. Okay. Mm. And I think that's big. And I think that's big because a lot of people, you and I included, right – are wondering about these Saints. Is the window closing for the Saints? Are the Saints fugazi? Does Drew Brees have it in him anymore, right? And it feels like to me that even people who are concerned about the Saints still have to hold out hope about what will this look like when Michael Thomas returns. And it looks like Michael Thomas is about to return. So talk to me about what you expect to see from this Saints offense. It looks like Manny Sanders will be back off the COVID list as well. So this makes it feel to me, not only because of the record and all that stuff, I need to see how the Saints look with it when they return, right? Or do they go back to being an offense that you can kind of trust to score some points? Or are we at another one of these fall of Rome kind of situations, Kev? What do you think it's going to look like with Thomas and Manny Sandback? I do think it is funny that you like it's not like you're going to describe it as uh what does this offense look when they get this you know new uh environment or kind of new piece of the offense like it's just it's all the same stuff right like it's not going to change what they do 
It's just going to change how effective they are in their attempt. It will to also do it. change. Here's what it does change. You're right. It doesn't. You're right. I I agree with that. It will dramatically change what the defense on the other side has to do with him on the field. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, Michael Thomas is one of the best wide receivers in football. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not disagree. I, I'm saying it's just like usually when a guy returns, you're like he brings this another piece of the offense back. Right, and it's the same offense. It's just now Michael Thomas runs the routes that Traquan Smith. We get more slant, right? boy. No, we don't get more slants. Yeah, no, hundred. That's what I'm saying. It's just <laughs> right. I just th- this is the one thing where I've like oddly been on an island with is that the the problem for this team is not the offense and it's been the defense. I mean, last week they put up 26 in Chicago, one of the best defenses in football, right? They traded so, for Juan Alexander. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, that like that's a big deal. Like, hope if Quan that Quan Alexander's not been great on the season what he has been, but yeah, but can he find a home in New Orleans and start to turn that around next to Demario Davis? He certainly Davis might. might. He certainly might. Yeah, Again, so. I think that this offense is really, obviously, it's only going to get better when you add a piece like Michael Thomas back, you add Manny Sanders back, you know, Alvin Kamara isn't forced to be wide out one. Instead, it's just kind of a little bit more of an unpredictable luxury, and maybe he can, I mean, look, he's just been so incredible in the role. Honestly, maybe it's bad to take reps out of this guy's hands. (laughs) I'll, I'll tell you this, though. I think that this is a game, there's no way I'm betting the side. I tell you, I'm just going to bet the game over. Michael Thomas is back. Antonio Brown's here. If these two defenses ball out, fine. I'm wrong. I have no interest in betting a side here. None. Fair enough. I mean, like, listen, Alvin Kamara, you talk about maybe a lightning of his load, but I'm not so sure because he is on pace to set a new uh, running back record for receptions in a season, even better than the mark of Christian McCaffrey last year. So we'll see what it looks like for the Saints, and we'll see if the Saints remain as NFC contenders with the return of some of these weapons. But let's turn to the action that we believe is on for tonight, okay? Even though both of these teams are compromised a little bit, San Francisco and Green Bay get Week 9 going. It's going to be out there in the Bay. The Green Bay Packers travel. And here's the thing for me, Kev. Listen, I... I don't know how compromised the Niners are, right? They're left tackle down, backup quarterback. We're seeing the wide receiver room down, Kittle not there. We know about the running backs for San Francisco now, but the running backs for Green Bay are also an issue, although there's improvement in the status of Aaron Jones. We may see Aaron Jones tonight because he kind of improved. I think he got limited work in um, yesterday at practice. So, I think we've arrived, though, at the time, Kev, we said this going into the season. How are we going to evaluate when, you know, three wide receivers are down here, but two offensive linemen over here and a safety over here? This becomes very hard. So I'm trying to figure out what is left that I can rely on. And one name comes to mind, Aaron Rodgers. That's what I can rely on on this game. And what else can I lead with besides Aaron Rodgers, a top MVP uh, candidate, with the chemistry and the play calling with Matt LaFleur, like we've talked about? They start to have a rhythm. Uh, whether Aaron Jones is there or not, Devontae Adams will be. And I know that San Francisco is very compromised, both on offense and on defense. It maybe sounds simple, but that's the end of my cap, and I lean to Green Bay tonight. 
Yeah, I think it's really interesting. The book here, you know, you talk about watch for the hook, right? We'll follow our yeah. minus 115, minus 120. When you see what you see here of minus 128 with a plus 104 to the plus seven, mm-hmm. the book really doesn't want to make this seven and a half because yeah. once it goes to seven and a half, a lot of your, you know, your sharper betters or so, they'll come back mm-hmm. around, they'll be banging the Niners. There'll be some people looking for middle jobs. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have Green Bay anywhere from two and a half to three and a half right, to four and a half. And then they'll be able to grab some seven and a half. And who in the world is really looking to lay seven and a half with Green Bay? Even if you think it hits, at that point you go, ah, I'm getting a terrible yeah, I wouldn't I'm not either. laying seven and a half. I wouldn't either. Right? I think they win the so, game, but more than seven would give me cause for pause for sure. So realistically, there's nothing you can do with this number right now. Fandle's in a tough spot. I have really gone back and forth as to how the Niners are going to be approaching this offensively. Jermichael Hasty's rushing prop is 72.5. Like, goodness me, this is like RB6 on this team. And we're just going to give him a 72.5? Like, how does that work? I, I don't know. I know. Here's what I do know. It's faith in the, the Kyle Packers, Shanahan, right? That's what it is. It's faith in Kyle Shanahan the and the scheme. The Packers are not good against the run. Defensively, they have their limitations as a whole. It's been on the year. So if Shanahan has this ground game working, Nick Mullins stays mistake-free, if the Niners can just take an early lead, right, then it becomes difficult for Green Bay to really extend it and cover your seven because it's going to be a slower-paced game. It trends to the under. If Green Bay gets out to a lead and Aaron Jones doesn't play, obviously they'll have the lead, but they probably keep throwing. As long as they're throwing, that either picks up chunk plays, touchdowns, or the clock's not running because it's falling incomplete, right? And then it forces the Niners to not being able to grind the clock out. They have but no choice to throw. And at the end of the day, Mullins throws it to either team. It's going to work. Right? So we're either maybe going the other way for six, or we're going down the field and we're marching. I think the total here is really, really interesting. But again, I feel like if I told you I like the over, there's no world where it doesn't involve the Packers giving me seven more points than the Niners, realistically. So similar to you, I don't love it. I'm not trying to lay seven in this game, but there's a lot of avenues where I see Green Bay covering this seven, and I think it's more avenues than the Niners. All right, fair enough. I do want to make one other point for a Green Bay Packer. Um, We talked about injuries. We talked about the trade deadline, right? And a lot of people were expecting Green Bay to make a move at the wide receiver position. Right, because they thought they needed it. Um, there is a guy who is expected to be activated from IR for the Green Bay Packers, Kevin. It's it's Lazard. Okay, and if you remember, Lazard in weeks like two and three was starting to ascend into that wide receiver two role opposite Devontae Adams. I think he had a huge Monday night football game in there. And also we started to hear from Aaron Rodgers that he trusted Lazard. Right, that he is someone that he could believe in, and there are reports that Alan Lazard will be back in the fold for the Green Bay Packers in tonight's game. And boy, could they use it, right? Especially if the running back room is down. But 
You know, Kev, there's also a universe here where the Green Bay Packers will have Aaron Rodgers on the center, Aaron Jones in the backfield, and Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard as their two wide receivers. That is almost their full complement of weapons. I'm just saying, don't sleep on Alan Lazard. Could he, in essence, be like the wide receiver they were trading for? Nah, not really. He's been there. I mean, not Will Fuller. That's so disres- that's disrespectful. He's not. But he's also not the level of some of these other guys who have had to be in his stead, right? Like, Lazard was a legitimate wide receiver, at least. Like, he was someone we talked about that was a... Yeah, but uh, that's because of Rodgers. It's not like Lazard is carrying any weight outside of being on the same team as Aaron Rodgers, right? I just think realistically... And on the same team as Aaron Rodgers, though. No, yeah, that's fine, right? But, But he's not Will Fuller. Will Fuller changes the math. Does it help this Alan Green Bay Lazard offense, though? Oh, yeah, it's better to have more guys than... than, Yeah, you'd rather have the guy that you slated at wideout, too, than not. Right. Absolutely. All right, well, when we come back here, I give you a prop play that's plus 650 that I think comes in. Come on back to that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line. Thanks for waking up early to get on the grid and get everything you need. We've been looking at Thursday Night Football, which will, in fact, kick off Week 9. It is still on. We're getting all the reports, even though both teams are compromised for one reason or another. Whether it's a pick on the side, the game, or one of those prop bets, Kev, where are you putting your money tonight? Yeah, I, I'll look to back the guy that we're talking about, right? If we're looking to lay seven because of Rodgers, well, then we should look at Aaron Rodgers' props. Now, ideally, Aaron Jones is out in order to back these props. But first of all, five to one anytime touchdown score, he might run one in. I, I think that that's certainly live. Uh, and secondly, over two and a half touchdown passes, currently priced up at plus 126. <laughs> um, my brother and I, was, sometimes we call Rodgers a jerk from a fantasy perspective because he's the only quarterback that on the one yard line just loves to throw the football and ruin your, you know, your, your running backs when you know it should be your guy. Um, but last, I mean, last week he, he threw a one yard touchdown to Devontae and I think a two yard touchdown to Devontae, which is why Devontae's yes. minus 180 to score. Um, so I think Rodgers over two and a half touchdown passes. If you think about it realistically, Dane, with everything that we're talking about from this game, not, Thinking that that doesn't hit, right, means that Tyler Irvin or Dexter Williams went crazy. And it's like, I'm not subscribing to that. That's fair. Remember, Aaron Jones is still up in the air. He may be on the field. Yeah, as and that well, changes and that things for sure. Changes some a little bit. If you think though, he could pull one of those good old one yard touchdown runs or scrambles. Aaron Rodgers to get into the end zone is five to one in this game. You know, we have seen more and more quarterbacks running it in. I'm gonna go in the touchdown market, Kev, with the guy I am now calling Soldier Boy, Kyle Yuschek. Uh, he is at plus six fifty, and outrageous. we see it. We see those little throws in the flat. We know that this running game is compromised. Could they go fullback dive a little bit? What's outrageous? Doing a little soldier boy on a Thursday morning? Calling Kyle Uzcheck soldier boy. I'll give you guys another one. This is just an in-game <laughs> live special. Um, 
if Nick Mullins doesn't throw a pick in the first half and the Packers go oh, into the half the with a lead, yeah, but you'll get a nice plus money spot on Nick Mullins to throw a pick. All right, absolutely. We will see what happens. We'll see all the moving targets with the COVID situation in the NFL, and we will be back tomorrow for a football Friday from my man, the candle burner. I am merely the spitting statistician, stable genius, and vocal minority. The morning after is up next on SportsGrid. Have a great day. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.